You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, we got Julian and Chantel who are producing the show tonight. I asked, I just asked Chantel if uh, she started playing pickleball yet. And uh, I thought that was something you were going to do. I thought that was like on your list to like get into right away. Yeah, it's on my list of things to do. It's just a busy time of the year, but yes, I will it definitely is. get into it. How was your uh, How was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was amazing. Uh, it's always nice to eat good food and see the people that you love. How was yours? Yeah, right. It was great. I went down to. Uh, I don't. Have you ever been on the show when my mom? Where when we have my mom on, Mama Mimi? Of course. You have okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't. Sure, I wasn't sure. You know, she's a handful, but she's she's wonderful. Uh, and uh, so I went down to South Florida to spend uh, Thanksgiving with with my mom, and uh, so it was it was fantastic. So uh, played pickleball while I was down. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't live in a retirement community. She lives in like a, uh, you know, one of those. It's it's. You know, it's it's a, it's a gated community, but the majority of people who live there are older. It's not like a young community, and um, and so and so it's a very thriving pickleball community down there. I mean, they take their pickleball serious, but so do I. But nonetheless, uh, we digress. Uh, we're here to talk uh, gambling. That's what the show's about. We can wager here on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. Uh, we just heard from Fat Jack. We got his picks and his plays. Uh, listen. Uh, and, and we'll do a deeper dive into this Jets matchup against Atlanta. Uh, I don't even know if, if folks want to. We're gonna get another. We're gonna get another edition of uh, of, of Tim Boyle, and then of course Atlanta's rolling with Ritter, um, who th- this is interesting. You know the Atlanta Falcons have not played outside in four weeks. They've not played a game outside in four weeks, and they've only had three, I want to say three games this season um, outside. Interesting, right? So, um, so you know, and, and weather conditions are not supposed to be fantastic here on Sunday. So it's supposed to be rainy, gross, disgusting, yada, 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 winds, all the things. So if you're planning on heading out to the stadium, uh, make sure that you dress appropriately. So, you know, the under here, and, you know, we, we heard, you know, we heard Jack right now, Fat Jack, talk about the under. Um, and uh, even though it's, it's, it's 33 and a half, and it, it's been fluctuating, 33 and a half, 34. Uh, for me, the, the under is the play there in, in that Jets matchup for sure. Uh, but we'll do a deeper dive. Cynthia Freeland, we're going to hear from her. Her and I go through and we break down some of the top games on the Week 13 slate. Um, and then, of course, Lee Sterling is going to join us in this next hour as well to get us ready for some college football, big college football Saturday coming your way tomorrow. So we're going to get you locked and loaded for that. But before we do, I do want to spend some time talking about this this Eagles 49ers game, okay? Um and, and as Jack said, a lot of the, the smart money, uh, the sharp money is, is all on the 49ers. Very, very interesting. Rarely do you see a line or find a line that opens up the Eagles, again, favored by one. And then all of a sudden it switches and it changes. And now the Eagles are at home getting three. Now, you know, one would argue 
that the Eagles very well could be the best team in the NFL. Now, yeah, they're dealing with some injuries specifically to their linebacking core. Uh, Lane Johnson did not give it a go last week, but they still were able to pull through and win at the end, um, which they don't typically do. Their win-loss record with and without Lane Johnson is really um, amazing. Um, They typically do not win when Lane Johnson doesn't suit up, but they were able to win last week in some pretty foul weather conditions uh, without Lane Johnson. Uh, But nonetheless... 49ers coming to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. The line has switched, has moved, have swung from the Eagles minus one to the Eagles plus three. Now, I, I understand the 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 storyline here, right? And and that is the 49ers, they're the healthier team. They're the more rested team. It's somewhat of a mini bye week because uh, they're coming in from Turkey Day. Meanwhile, for the Eagles, uh, their defense played 95 snaps against the Bills because that game went into overtime. Um, And this very well could be a look-ahead game because they are taking on the Dallas Cowboys next week. And Dallas just beat Seattle last night. Okay? So there's that. Here's the thing, though. Have you taken a look to see who the 49ers have played this season? The Steelers. The Rams with no Cooper Cup. The Giants. The Cardinals with no Kyler Murray. The Bucks. Seattle with Geno Smith and Kenneth Walker injured. Yes, they lost to Cleveland. They lost to the Vikings and they lost to Cincinnati. But those three games, no Trent Williams and no Debo Samuel. So Brock Purdy was a shell of himself. Okay. Now, probably the most impressive game that we saw was they held the Jags to three points. But keep in mind, um, this was the 49ers coming off of a bye, so they had two weeks to prepare for the Jags. They got Trent Williams and Debo Samuel back, and the Jags were taking on the Tennessee Titans the Tennessee Titans, the following week. And so we're probably more concerned about that matchup against Tennessee because all, all the Jags winning, losing to the 49ers – neither here nor there for them. Obviously, you want a better record, but really the more important game was beating the Tennessee Titans and making sure that they win their division. So, um, and I'm not sitting here making excuses for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm just, I'm stating the obvious and, and how things are handicapped, right? So this is, a, uh, this is, this is an Eagles team with Jalen Hurts who has excelled at home. He's 17-6-1 against the spread at home. Meanwhile, Purdy is 4-5 against the spread on the road. Here's an interesting trend for you as well. Kyle Shanahan is 1-31 when trailing by three points or more at the fourth quarter. Marinating that for a minute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat that. Kyle Shanahan, who many fe- people feel is one of the best coaches in college football. I, I, I mean, I'm watching, the, I'm watching Oregon, Washington. Uh, who feel that he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. One in 31 when trailing by three points or more entering the fourth quarter. This Eagles offense top five in third down and red zone rates. um, Have 28 plus points in every home game this year. Score a touchdown on 30% of their possessions. Um, 
might get Dallas Goddard back. Not sure, just might. And again, was able to score without Lane Johnson last week in in bad rainy weather conditions. Gusts up to 21 miles per hour. So um, I, I'm not sitting here telling you that the Eagles are going to win, but the fact that they have th- that they're getting three, I think this is a great spot to utilize them as a teaser and tease them up to plus nine. Because even if the 49ers do win, which again, everybody and their grandmother believe that they are, uh, I don't believe they win by more than a touchdown. So I, I think this is a really great spot to utilize the Eagles. Um, I, I just I, I think people are underestimating how good this Eagles team is. And also, I don't think people are realizing the, uh, dare I say, cakewalk, with all due respect, schedule that the 49ers have gone up against. This is hands down will be their 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 best opponent. Beat up, yeah. 95 snaps against the Bills. Yeah, I get all of it. 49ers coming in healthier, somewhat of a mini bye week after after playing on Turkey Day. I still think this is going to be a much more competitive game than what most people think. And and I think uh, I think a lot of people are sleeping on this Philadelphia Eagles team. Just my two cents. 800 919 3776 uh, when we get back, we'll hear from Cynthia Freeland. We'll see how does she feel about this Eagles 49ers game. Also, us ask her about the Jets Falcons game as well. Coming your way next, we can watch right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. And the wonderful, beautiful, talented, uber-intelligent Cynthia Freeland is joining us now. You can see her all over the NFL Network pretty much every day uh, because she's the star of every show. And she is, uh, and she, we're blessed to have her each and every uh, time she joins us here on 98.7 ESPN. Cynthia, how was your Thanksgiving? 
it was awesome. It's always good to be on the radio with like really good friends, right? Like that was a heck of an intro. Thank you so Aww. much. <laughs> so um, I, I love you dearly, but man, your lions ruined my Thanksgiving. If 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 Dang. they just if they just would have won, I would have like I would have had like a few new pairs of shoes. Let me be honest with you. This is like you that happened to you for one Thanksgiving. Like this is my whole life. Like, <laughs> every once in a while they'll pull out they'll pull out a win on Thanksgiving. It'll be good. But like in general, they really like lie downs, you know, Motor City Kitties. Like we we got it. Like it just it's a bummer. Like the one year that they're actually really good and the defense was like allowing Jordan Love to look like the third coming of a Hall of Famer all in a row, which stinks. <laughs> yes. But good for all him. Right but not when well, he's playing my lines. Well, let's pick up right there because do you feel that they rebound this week against the Saints? They're in the Big Easy. They're on the road. They're favored by four. The over-under is 47. Would, would you play this? How, how confident are you in your Lions this week against the Saints? Well, the Lions have a great opp opportunity in this matchup because they can run the football. That will help minimize any sort of turnovers. It's you know, less likely to fumble than you are to be intercepted just in general over long periods of time. And if you look to see where the Saints are most vulnerable, it is on the ground to the run. Those running backs, if I'm looking at Jameer Gibbs, his speed is really, really what sets this offense apart when it comes to this matchup. So while I don't think that the Lions are like they got some things to do, they got some things to figure out on the defense, right? The defense has not played well as of late. We got to Keep an eye on that. But in this matchup, especially with some of the red zone woes that I've seen with Derek Carr recently, I do believe Lions get back on track in this matchup. Plus, like, it's not in front of, like, you know, Lions, That it's not Thanksgiving. Like, people are watching other games. If you're not watching them, they do way better. Like, just in general, if more, if there's more games, the Lions do better. <laughs> well, great to know. Great to know. Um, I do like the Lions a lot this week, by the way. Um, another game that I like a lot and looking at the slate very well could be the best game to watch in the one o'clock slate. Uh, and that is the Denver Broncos in Houston going up against the Texans. Would we have said this at the beginning of the season? Probably not. Nope. Uh, Denver getting three on the road. The over-under is 47 and a half. I just, I, I love what we've seen from Denver the last few weeks. That's for sure. So, and I love the fact that Denver is getting points here, Cynthia. I'm, I'm liking what I see from the Broncos. I think Baron Browning has been a huge difference maker on their defense. However, I still think in this matchup, the Texans get it done. I think CJ Stroud finds some things. Yeah. And look, it's it's not necessarily to say that they're going to throw the ball a ton because we know that the Broncos can can turn the ball over. But I think that the fact that you've seen Devin Singletary take this step forward and this is a defense that has been more vulnerable to the run. So I just think that in this matchup, I think the Texans are really good. Like they that game against the Jags was not lopsided that I understand that, like, you know, they didn't win, et cetera. But it's not like they weren't like a call or two away from things being quite different. And not to say that it's not to take anything away from what the Broncos have done, but it is actually pretty hard to win that many games in a row. That's why they're like the only team on this sort of streak. Interesting. So, um, so do you, you, you like, so what, what's your, what's your score here? What's your score prediction here? 
yeah unfortunately like like three points to me feels about right in terms of where i feel comfortable but i think like individual numbers would be more interesting in this matchup like this could very well be a good nico collins situation because perhaps tank dell will get the pat sertan treatment <laughs> and the devin singletary number i would imagine uh I, I, and over there would also be called for interesting i like it again cynthia freeland joining us here on 98.7 espn uh let's turn it to our own backyard where the jets are hosting the atlanta falcons uh the jets two-point dog tim boyle another start at quarterback the over under is 33 and a half uh, this has been fluctuating 34 in some places. Um, weather conditions are not supposed to be nice here on Sunday. Uh, that doesn't help matters. I'm actually on the under here, even though as low as it is, it is, I'm still on the under. How would you play this if, if at all? Well, my thing here is I actually have the Jets winning this game. Whoa! Little, I know that's that's a that's a it's a it's a pretty big statement so i think that there's a couple of reasons why the first you know it's not like we did see some good things from the falcons defense last week but they haven't been world beaters and desmond ritter he even in their win last week he honey badger picked him off on what was a weird interception what I think could happen in this matchup is a defensive touchdown changing the trajectory of the game. So while I'm not sitting here saying that Tim Boyle, the world beater, blah, 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 I am saying that the ability to run the football consistently is going to be a huge difference maker in this matchup. And while the Jets have some vulnerabilities to tight ends and like we haven't seen Kyle Pitts be used very often, I still think that the opportunity for the run game and the defense, especially in inclement weather, is I, I I'm I'm a little surprised myself, but I do everything you know blindly and unbiased, and the model says the Jets win this game by one point. Wow, interesting. Um, the game of the week, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles hosting the 49ers. Now this is really interesting because the line opened up with the Eagles being favored here, but now they're home dogs of three. The over-under is 48. A lot of the sharp money, everybody and their grandmother on the 49ers. I, I'm going to use the Eagles as, as a teaser. I'm going to tease them up to plus nine. Like, like I get it. Their defense played 90-something plays. They're beat up, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, Cynthia, look, look at the – everybody's all Google Gaga about this 49ers team. I'm still not sold on Brock Purdy. Sorry, not sorry. I'm just not. And then on top of that, look at look at who the 49ers have played and and who they've beaten. Uh, they're not world beaters. So, um, you know, will I be shocked if the 49ers win? Absolutely not. But I don't think they win by more than a touchdown. I, I'm going to use the Eagles as as a teaser and tease them up to nine. How are you playing this one? I love that. I, I think that the Niners win this one, but I think it's conservative. Like I do think about a, a field goal is about right. I don't think a touchdown and especially not more than a touchdown. A couple of reasons for me. Number one, when you talk to any player who's played against a Kyle Shanahan offense in the NFL, all of those defensive players say this is a really extremely extraordinarily deep, different, difficult thing for a defensive player to even even with Brock Purdy at quarterback to 
to kind of figure out. So number one, I'm giving them the, like the Shanahan vibe. So before the season, we were talking about how the Eagles with their two new coordinators on offense and defense, like that could potentially hurt them. And this is the type of game where I think that could be a difference maker because truly this is where kind of you're going to see Kyle Shanahan dip into that playbook from like preseason 2015 and da 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 when he was a Falcons offensive court, like that kind of thing because they really like this one I think is like circled extra special. It's very chippy. And then by the way, the defense has been doing some interesting things for the 49ers that I think are going to be really hard for the Eagles. Meaning you're not just seeing the guys who typically play on the interior stay there. You're seeing the guys like, like I saw Eric Armstead on the outside. I saw a Bosa and a, you know, a Hargrave on an outside. And I saw a Bosa and a Chase Young on the inside, like mixing up those front, that front is really kind of a nightmare to figure out, especially if you're a quarterback like Jalen Hurts that, you know, he uses his legs and he's great at using his legs, but relies on his offensive line to like really help him out. But like those stunts, those shifts, all those different ways of changing up the looks on the defense, like that is hard to navigate. And, and again, I just want to go back to like, and with all due respect to these teams, granted, this is the NFL. These guys get paid a lot of money, but like they beat the Steelers. Okay. The Steelers, you know, obviously they're, they, they're winning games, but they're winning ugly. Um, the Rams without Cooper cup, uh, the giants, the Cardinals. Yes. They beat the Cowboys 42 to 10. But again, you, you look at the schedule that the Cowboys, I was all, I was all over Seattle last night with the, with the nine and a half. Um, because same thing with the Cowboys, Cowboys have not beaten an above 500 team. Um, Yes, we know that stent where they lost against the Browns, the Vikings, and the Bengals did not have Trent Williams, did not have Devo Samuel. So again, we saw the true colors of Brock Purdy in my mind. Yes, they opened up a can of you-know-what against the Jags, but I think the Jags, first of all, see, uh, the 49ers were coming off of a, a bye week, so they had two weeks to prepare. And I think the Jags were more interested or felt that the game the following week against Tennessee was more important. Uh, so... To me, that's kind of a wash. And then the Buccaneers in Seattle with an injured Geno and no Kenneth Walker. So I, I, I look at the schedule and I'm like, I'm, I mean, I'm curious if you agree with me or not, but like, I'm not impressed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the NFC in general, like it's hard to say, like I could say some of the same things about many of the Eagles opponents, not the Chiefs, obviously, and the Bills, like, you know, the Bills this year are out of the playoff race right as of right now, at least, and pretty far out of it. So, you know, I, I think like the NFC in general, like you kind of can only play who you're slated to play. And it's more about what we do know and those quantities that the Christian McCaffrey, the Debo Samuel, the Brandon Ayuk, they just have so many different weapons that it's hard to say that they're not for, you know, for real. I, I do agree that their strength of schedule has been mediocre. I mean, I'm looking at the Eagles schedule. They beat the Dolphins. Uh, they beat Kansas City at Kansas City, and they beat the Buffalo Bills. So, anyway, I, I just, you know, I, this game is going to be interesting to me. Again, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't be shocked one way or, or the other who wins. I just don't think whoever wins is going to win more than seven points. So, again, a reason why I'm going to take the Eagles because they're getting three and tease them up to nine. Um, before we let you go, as always, I, I love talking fantasy with you. Uh, it is week 13. 
This is do or, do or die for a lot of people trying to get in to the postseason. Uh, you know, their seasons are quote unquote on the line. I'm building all the drama. <laughs> um, uh, there's quite a few quarterbacks that I like. Sam Howe going up against the Miami Dolphins. I think he's going to grip it and rip it uh, quite a bit. I think a lot of people are playing down Murray because he's going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I think he could be serviceable. Love me some Trevor Lawrence against Cincinnati. Um, Russell Wilson against Houston. I, I even like Jordan Love against Kansas City. Who are some of the quarterbacks you're, you're, you're loving this week? I like all of those. I also think that I could make a case that you want to take some shares of Baker. Like, I'm going, like, if you're in – it's Bimageddon, and if you have a quarterback situation and it's bad – potentially Baker Mayfield going up against Carolina. That could be a, a, a decent one for you. Mike Evans will be there and that's a pretty big deal for him. Um, obviously you can run on the Panthers more, better than you can throw on them, but still. And then I would also say like, maybe consider Gardner Minshew, not saying that I like think he's again, not a world beater for every single week, but if you're looking for a opportunity in a situation against that Tennessee secondary, they have been very vulnerable and Gardner Minshew and RPOs have been working really well for him. So I, I think if you're looking in a deeper league, those are two great ones along with, I love the Jordan Love call though against the Chiefs. Uh, and looking at running backs, you know, really interesting. I, I do believe that Jalen Warren is the better running back in, in Pittsburgh, but for whatever reason, it's like they still, um, I, maybe it's a money thing. I, I don't know, but um, if you had to play one of these Pittsburgh Steelers running backs this week against Arizona, who would it be? I'm going to be honest with you. I think both are going to be totally fine. I probably, I mean, Jalen Warren and DFS, I would play because he's priced less is what I believe, at least last time I checked. So you get better upside there, but you're going to be fine with either one. I, I would probably lean towards Najee Harris. If you're in a season long, like opportunity, I, I get it. Like, I don't know who likes what, like, who knows? I don't understand what that's all about, but both of them have great opportunities this week. Who are some of the other running backs you look like? Well, I think that I understand that like, you know, Washington, this, this game seems kind of lopsided. And so the game script would dictate that Washington should be throwing it, which is why you like Sam Howell. But I think Brian Robinson actually is going to be a big play here. You remember Jalen Phillips for the Dolphins. He's out now and he is a big piece right in the middle of that defense. So perhaps the power runs will work a little bit more in their favor, given that they're going to have to adjust to life without Jalen Phillips after he tore his Achilles. So that's one that I think is good. Obviously, Dev, uh, Devon at Achan came back on the other side. And if you have him, you'll want to play him. It eats into some other people's uh, opportunities. But I think, you know, if you have him, that's, that is a great play as well. In regard to wide receivers, um, you know, another reason why I, I do believe that Philadelphia is going to be able to keep this, this close is because I think A.J. Brown has a really, really good matchup here. Uh, the, the 49ers play a lot of zone. And, uh, and A.J. Brown is, is targeted quite a bit in zone coverage. Um, so I, I do like, like A.J. Brown this week. Your, your thoughts in, in some – I know you mentioned Nico Collins. Uh, some of the other yep. wide receivers that you like heading into week 13. Well, if you want to go with like a like a really sneaky like DFS upside play, like or, you know you're thinking maybe where where can I find a deep touchdown? May I introduce to you Marvin Mims because obviously you know you're playing Cortland Sutton, but when I'm looking at where the holes in the Texans defense are and. Marvin Mims is like on the cusp of like doing some interesting. It's like maybe a deep touchdown to him, a good little little sleeper for your DFS 
pleasure. Obviously, that's not in like season long. If you want to go with a guy who feels like more of a sure thing, that is not what I'm recommending there. Um, but I will say the, the Mims deep situation could be good for DFS. But I also think if you want to look, there's been, you know, Jaden Reed has been on the injury report all week long and Christian Watson had that touchdown last week. So perhaps if you're, if, if he's available or if you can get your hands on him or if he's on your bench, Christian Watson would be a guy who could potentially step up because whether or not Jaden Reed's there, I still think that, uh, that, that Christian Watson will have a big game. And last but not least, uh, some of the tight ends that you like. I know McBride's dealing with an injury, but is expected to go. Najoku has been delivering, that's for sure. Uh, Schultz is out for Houston. Uh, Firemuth, one of the biggest pickups this week in fantasy. Who are some of the tight yep. ends you like? Love Friermuth. Um, it's he's he was very great, especially with those play action receptions. Those were very good. Um, I think that you look. Don't be cute in this green bay game and try to get tucker craft in there like i that that one i'm sort of staying away from in this matchup just as one just so that people have i don't know they always try to with musgrave out they're like oh we should pick his replacement no i think also one durham Smythe you could look at i understand like look like it's not a sexy game to keep going back to because probably the dolphins are just going to roll but you could you could look for guys like that in your dfs lineups who have some pretty interesting matchups maybe aren't the kind of household name on their team, but have good matchups. And that's why I think that Kyle, Kyle Pitts, by the way, has a great matchup against a Jets defense that is very vulnerable to the tight end position. But do I trust that they're going to throw him the ball? I don't know, but I, I know he has a good matchup. Great stuff as always, Cynthia. Uh, you rock, my friend. Um, always, always appreciate you joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Always love being on with you, Anita. Thanks so much. You got it. All right. Um, still a lot more coming your way. 800-919-3776 is the phone number. You got some fantasy football questions. We are here for all of it. We'll be right back. 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. We've got Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, who's joining us. Big weekend in college football, Lee. Big weekend, my friend. It is. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it never works out in either way that you think it is. So I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it and expect at least one or maybe two or three upsets. All right, well, well, let's start first and foremost. Uh, at noon, we've got Texas uh, going up against Oklahoma State. Texas favored by 15, over-under is 55-and-a-half. Not only does Texas need to win, but they really need a ball out here, hoping that FSU loses, hoping that maybe Georgia beats Alabama because we know Texas beat Alabama earlier in the season, just to give them a chance, a shot of uh, making it into the college football playoffs. Uh, I'm I'm going to lay the 15 with Texas. Again, the over-under is 55 and a half. How would you play this? 
During the regular season, I would take Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy has had Texas's number his entire career. But when I look at the roster of Oklahoma State, and this is after the regular season, I still think they have maybe the eighth best roster. I think Mike Gundy's done an incredible job. I still think they're maybe at best the fourth or fifth strongest team in the conference. Down the stretch, I mean, they struggled. Second last game, they had to come back from two touchdowns to beat a poor Houston team. And then they also had to come back from two touchdowns down to win in double overtime against BYU. This might be the worst BYU team in 35, 40 years. So they must be successful on first down. They've got to get four, five, six yards. They end up in long down distance situations. Texas's defense will make you pay here. And what happens is once they get the lead, uh, they just run downhill on you in the second half. They are loaded. I like Texas big, 41-13. Wow, I like it. Good. Um, that definitely makes me feel better. That's for sure. Um, let's, look at, uh, let's look at game number two. And uh, Georgia going against Alabama. 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Alabama getting five. The over-under is 55 here. A lot of people are liking the over here. How would you play this? You know, both teams were sleepwalking last week. I mean, and I don't know how you sleepwalk when you're playing your rival, like Alabama was playing Auburn in the in the in the Iron Bowl. But they did the all. They're getting all the talk. I mean, not Georgia because they pulled out that fourth and thirty-one. What was incredible was outside of Mario Cristobal's mistake of not taking a knee. I think the biggest mistake by any coaching staff was. How do you rush two guys and have a spy? I mean, that was the dumbest defense I've ever seen. I even turned to a couple of friends. We were watching the get, game together. I, I, I'm like, what are they doing? And sure enough, they ended up costing them the game. So very poor decision. They had Alabama. I let them off the hook. But Georgia also did not look good. No one's talking about they only won the game by eight points against Georgia Tech. They've allowed 4.9 yards per carry the last two weeks against Tennessee and Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech has a mobile quarterback, but Alabama's quarterback, Jalen Milrow, is a different level than what Georgia Tech has. He is one of the top dual-threat quarterbacks in the country. He's able to extend plays. And how about this, that touchdowns in the red zone. Alabama's offense, 19th. Georgia's defense just shows you how much they've fallen in the last two years. They're ranked just 67th in that category. I know Georgia's won 29 straight games. I know Bama, on the other hand, has won seven of the last eight in this series. I think motivation also is the key. Bama needs this game to get in, and Georgia might still be able to get in, even if they lose probably by less than a touchdown. I think it's going to be Alabama here. Roll Tide, 27-23 outright. Do you, do you have a, a – uh a feel in regard to the over-under? If you were going to play the over-under, what would you play, Lee? I probably – this might be one of those games, if, if you had to play the total, you went with an in-game wager. I know it's sitting around 55 most places. I, I just got to see the way the game is played, how the play calling is the first couple series. Like Lee Sterling, again, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com. That's where you can find him. Uh, Louisville going against FSU, man. I love Louisville. I'm going to play them on the money line. 
at even money. Uh, they're they're getting one and a half. The over under is 45 and a half. Who do you like here and why? All right. So I'm pretty sure I've got a pretty good source inside. Gets good information on Florida State that Rodmaker, the quarterback, is still in concussion protocol. He's a game time decision. So I love my wager at two and a half with Louisville. I like him even if he plays. I mean, they only had 224 total yards in the game last week against a very poor Florida Gator team. And Florida dominated play for three quarters. I mean, Georgia, give them credit Florida State here. I'm sorry, Florida State was able to pull it out in the fourth quarter. But Florida ran for 146 yards on them. Louisville's got better running backs, better receivers than Florida does. We know a better quarterback. Also weather could be a big factor here they they think it's going to rain for almost the entire game and Florida State's strength is their wide receiving core they need to be able to throw the football I think to win this game here and if it rains it's going to hamper that part of their game and here's something interesting I always noticed Louisville with Brom and Brom when he was at other when he was head coach the two times earlier in the year when they turned the ball over three times and lost they came back one time against Notre Dame the next game, played their best game and beat Notre Dame 33-20. And the other game, they came back and shut out Duke 23-0. So I'm not going to forget about the loss last week against Kentucky, but they did turn the ball over three times, and I think they're going to play well. Uh, I like Louisville. I, I like them, I think, like you do. I think they get the job done. Wrong team favored, Louisville 30-24. to well, I love it. I love it. One last one for you in college football before we turn our attention to what's going on in the NFL. It's Michigan going against Iowa. Michigan favored by 22. The over-under is 35. Many people feel I was not even going to be able to put up seven points against this Michigan defense. Uh, they get Harbs back on the sideline. What say you? What, what's your play here, if any? How about that? the over-under uh, scoring each half for Iowa is a half a point? I, I've never seen anything like that. I Saw a couple games where Northwestern had that posted against them, but that was a regular season. This is a team that won their side uh, of the Big Ten. They probably should have changed the rule midway through the season like the Big 12 did and made made it the top two teams. That way we would have seen a rematch between Michigan and Ohio State, but we can't have that. If Cooper DeGene was playing for Iowa, you know, I think they could score seven to ten points, but he's out. He was their best defensive player a great punt returner. I mean, how are they going to score? Maybe a turnover and kick a field goal or block a punt? Other than that, I don't see it. I don't think we're going to see as spirited a game from Michigan as last week. It's tough to get that high two weeks in a row, but they did it two years ago. They beat Iowa 42-3. to I think they win in cover, 31-3. There you go. Uh, let's turn our attention to what's going on in the NFL. Two games I want to tee up for you. One, obviously, here in our own backyard. Uh, because we are the home of the Jets, and that's the Jets at home. Home dog getting to the over-under is 35. I'm sorry, the over-under is 33 and a half. It was at 34. It's been fluctuating. Uh, you talk about weather conditions. Weather conditions not supposed to be nice here on Sunday either. I lean towards the under here. What's your play? So I went to the Dolphins-Jets game last week. I was up in New York, and oh. I was just well, – was great for me being a Dolphins fan. I mean <laughs> – to be around Jets fans in the pregame and tailgate, they pass around. Usually you pass around shots. They pass around a shot, and then they pass around video of Aaron Rodgers working out. That's how they get 
psyched up for the game. I think it's just a tease. I, I don't see how they take a chance of bringing him back. But I was shocked, and we got there early. It looked like they were just going through the motions, like it was a scrimmage. Their offensive line might be the worst offensive line right now in the NFL. I, I don't know what they do at quarterback. I don't think there's an answer on the roster until Aaron Rodgers comes back. So they got two weapons at running back. They got Brees Hall, and they also have, like I said, one of the best receivers in Wilson. But they're just not able to utilize him and get him in space. Atlanta is one of these teams that I think that they've kind of figured it out here. I think they're going to make a run. Arthur Smith gives the ball to Bijan Robinson a whole lot now and just think that their defense uh, is going to be too much for the Jets. Jets have scored just two touchdowns on offense in the last 56 possessions here. I think they've given up. There's a couple teams still playing hard like Cincinnati. They've lost a quarterback, but I think they're not one of them. I like Atlanta, 17-10. I like the under. There you go. Sorry, not sorry, Jets fans. Uh, we're here to help you win money. Last but not least, before we let you go, save the best for last, and that's the 49ers going against the Eagles. This line opened up as the Eagles favored by one. Now they're getting three at home. The over-under is 48. I know a lot of people are loving the 49ers here, Lee. Are you? My strongest play of the weekend in the NFL. So here's how I look at this game. I know college and NFL players, there's always one game that they want. And I heard early in training camp, this is the game that they wanted bad. This is their circle game. They lost 31 to seven in that NFC championship game when Brock Purdy was knocked out. They had to put in Josh Johnson. I don't even think he's in the NFL anymore. Uh, they ended up having to play Christian McCaffrey on four or five series as a Wildcat quarterback. That really stuck in their crawl. Now let's look at Philadelphia. Philadelphia has won the last four games. They're 10 and one. In those last four games, they had yardage differentials of minus 127, minus 98, minus 114, and minus 98. They also got a bunch of favorable officials calls two, maybe three games here. Their number 15th is their defense in scoring. I think their back end, I, I think their defensive backs are not good playing the ball when it's up in the air. San Francisco with Trent Williams when he starts and Debo Samuel start, they have not lost a game. I think Kyle Shanahan is going to call a great game here. The reason it's moved, it's the right side here. I think San Francisco doubles up Philly 34-17. There you go. Uh, he's Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Lee, let the folks know where uh, they could find you and, and maybe some more of your picks heading into uh, week 13 of the NFL season. So I call it double down December. We have won 10 out of 14 weeks in college football. Woo! Yep. And in the NFL, I've only had two. I've lost some, some Thursday games and lost some Monday night games. We're about 54, 55% on those. But on Sundays, we've only had two losing Sundays the entire year. Anyone wants to get involved, they can get every single game from today all the way through December 31st. Championship week games, you're going to get all the bowl games. I think it's like 34, 35 through December 31st. Five weeks of the NFL, normally 497 just $297. 
one place, ParamountSports.com. All right. I want to thank, of course, Lee Sterling for joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, like I said, tomorrow's going to be a really, really big day for college football. So, so many implications. Uh, again, I'm all over Texas. Lee's all over Texas. Lane, the 15, the over-under is 55 and a half. Texas, again, extra motivation. They have to win convincingly to try to really uh, prove to the college football committee that they are worthy of being in the top four. Georgia and Alabama is going to be a lot of fun. I like Georgia. Of course, Lee likes Alabama. Okay, but I think uh, a number of people are all over the over at 55. And then, of course, uh, Lee and I both like Louisville, which is great. Again, I'm going to play them on the money line. I think they do beat Florida State. Florida State without their starting quarterback. And then, of course, Michigan and Iowa. We'll see how many points Iowa could put up against a very good Michigan defense. So tomorrow is going to be a lot of fun. I uh, want to remind you, I'm back on the airwaves tomorrow as well, starting at noon. And we've got an extra hour with you until, from noon until 4 o'clock, leading into your Rangers game. Greg Wyshynski, the puck daddy, is going to be joining me on the show to get you ready for that Rangers game. We'll hear from Mama Mimi, her picks and her plays. She's been great. She's been outstanding this season. Um, a lot of talk in regard to the Jets and uh, in Atlanta. Aaron Rodgers back in action at practice. Will we really see him play this season? And then also uh, big news, obviously, in Major League Baseball, Severino uh, giving up the pinstripes uh, to go play for the Mets. So we'll get into all that tomorrow with you till no- from noon till 4, leading in, of course, into your Rangers game. Again, I want to thank uh, Lee Sterling, Cynthia Freeland, Fat Jack, our producers, Julian and Chantel, who do a great job as always. Everybody, thanks for spending some time with us on this Friday night. See you tomorrow afternoon, high noon, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.